0: Here at Ascent Church, we wanna help you explore faith in a fun and authentic atmosphere. We come alongside you to live life to the fullest. Thanks so much for joining us today and know that we are better together. We wanna invite you to join us on a Sunday in person. Check us out at ascentchurch.net for all the details. Let's keep the encouragement going all week long. If you haven't done so, let's connect on social media at AscentChurchVA. And if this message encourages you, we would be honored if you would share it or leave us a review. Now, we can't wait to hear from our lead pastor, Thomas Lane. Let's dive in. Who loves Christmas music? Who's, who's, who's been done, done with it since November 15th? Okay, a few of y'all. I'm going to quote one. we got a few more songs today, okay? But hold, hold on, bear with me. But I heard a song, we sang it last week, and I've heard it at Target, Walmart, you know, everywhere in the car, um, it's, it's Oh Holy Night. I love this song. My favorite line is this. I think this really drills down Christmas. It says this. It says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. What resonates with me is the weary part, right? I think we're weary. I think that's where we're at. We're weary. This is what we desperately need. We desperately need to rejoice. We desperately need that thrill. We desperately need that hope. But I think if you're like me, if you are not lying to me when you put your hands up, we are weary. Now, I love this song because it has the problem, but it also has the solution. It says this. It says, it says, we need that thrill of hope. Y'all, we have a problem with hope. Somebody say hope. We have a problem with hope because you need to know your expectation changes everything. If you have a certain expectation for Christmas, it will affect Christmas. Same with next week. Same with the holidays in general. Same with January. Same with, with you know, the whole new decade that we have coming up. Same with your Christmas parties. Your expectation changes everything. Y'all, we have a problem with hope. Some of y'all, you're about to go to a Christmas party or a gathering and you're dreading it because you know somebody, you know, you know who I'm I'm talking to. They're going to bring up politics, aren't they? They are. They brought it up at Thanksgiving and you somehow avoided it, but you know it's coming and it's affecting the whole thing. You don't even want to go because you know that that cousin Eddie is going to bring up politics again and you're going to have to deal with it. Some of y'all in the house, you're about to graduate high school or college and and someone's going to ask you, Aunt Edna's going to ask you, you know she is, she's going to say, what are your plans after graduation? And you're going to say, Aunt Edna, if I have plans, I'd tell you about them, all right? I'm still figuring some stuff out right now. That's how you feel. I know it. Some some of y'all in the house, don't get mad at me. I've been there too. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to be somewhere at the family gathering, all these people around, they're going to have 10, 20, 30 people. They're going to say, Do you have a boyfriend yet? And you'll be like, if I had one, he'd be right here, okay? Why you got to ask me about all that, all right? The expectation can change the entire thing. It really can. It really can. And some of y'all, when I talk about expectation about Christmas, it's a dark thing. It's a dark thing. Some of y'all, when I talk about expectations, when you're thinking like heading into January, whole new year, whole new decade, some of you feel like that song, you feel weary. You're already tired and had not even started yet. You don't know what to do. But you need to understand this. Whatever's making you weary, if it's relationships, if it's family, finances, your faith, a dry time, something with your kids, whatever it is, it may be your health, whatever it is, I came to tell you today, it won't be like this forever. Let me say that again for somebody in the back. It won't be like this forever. The world will convince you, whatever state you're in right now, you're locked in it, you're done. There's nothing you can do about it. That's a victim mentality. It's very destructive. Whatever you're facing, it won't be like this forever. Our God is a God of hope. Somebody say hope. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Let's read the Christmas story, or at least part of it. It says this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, that's Joseph, in a dream, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wifey. That's, that's what it says. Christmas means we're not alone. Because when you're going through the wilderness or a suffering or a struggle, that's the first thought you have. It's just me, I'm alone, or it's always going to be like this. Christmas means we're not alone. God takes your suffering so seriously, your pain so seriously, your heartbreak and your loss so seriously, he was not content to stay in heaven at a corner somewhere, a million miles away on a throne, sitting up there and saying, that really stinks here's a checklist, do these things and you'll feel better. Or here's five steps to get to know me better. No, 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 God was not content to do that. God loves you so much and he takes pain and suffering so seriously, he came down from heaven to bear it himself, to walk through it himself. So you could know that you are not alone in this. That's the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is also this, that God is a God of love and joy and perfect bliss and all of us have walked away from him. Now, you've got to know this, and this is just logic if you think about it. If God is the source of all life and light and joy, if we walk away from Him, then really only darkness remains. And that's what Scripture said. We've all gone our own way, done our own thing. We've turned from Him, but God loves you so much, He came down, entered the darkness. He bore your sin. He paid for it all on the cross to call you His own. Amen, to, 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 to call you his own. Somebody's listening to me. I'm thankful for that. That is great. That's what Christmas means. It means we're not alone. Y'all, when I was a freshman in college, I went to uh, Virginia Tech, and it was in 2007. It was April 16, 2007. I'll never forget that day because that day there was a school shooter on campus. He killed 32 people, including himself. He injured dozens more, and he scarred thousands. The whole nation I think was scarred. The whole nation was watching. There's so much about that day that I will never forget. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what class I was in, who I was talking to. I remember what I had for lunch. I had an eight-count chicken nugget on the floor, Indian style, in my dorm. I remember. I remember so much about it, every little detail. The thing that stuck out to me the most, which kind of sounds weird, is something we had never done before. My friends and I did something. It just kind of happened. We lived in a dorm, and it was suite style. So we had this suite, this common area, and there were six rooms, two-door room. And that night, for whatever reason, we did something very strange in the midst of mourning, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of pain. Here's what we did. We shut the suite door, we locked it, and we all slept with our doors open. Some on the floor, some in the common room, some, some, some had this movie on this. We hung out together, we watched a movie, and we just needed to be together. No magic words, none of this, none of that. We just needed each other's presence. Isn't that what we need from God? To know we're not alone. To just open that door. Let's just be together. I just need to know that, that I'm not alone in this. I need to know if someone's with me. And for six dudes to be okay to admit that and do that, it, we, were at a, we were at a dark place. But you would be shocked on what that did for my soul that night. Now, my favorite Christmas story, the one I'm going to read for you tonight, my my favorite Christmas story actually isn't a Christmas story at all. If you think about it, it really is, but you might not consider it when I start to read it. I'm going to tell you why it is, because Jesus tells a story about a child who walks away from his father's love. The father, representing God, loved the child and adored the child, and the child said, I don't need you, I don't want you, and the child walked away into darkness, into loneliness, into isolation. And eventually that child became hopeless. Now, I think a lot of us are maybe there now or we've been there in the past. But this is the whole point of the story. The child at some point realized that he had no hope. And that child turned back. Here's what happens. Luke 15. Follow with me. Luke 15, verse 20. But while he, the child, was still a long way off from the father, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. You need to know this. We are all a long way off. Every single one of us has sinned and has fallen short of the glory of God. We've gone our own way. We've done our own thing. It's not, well, they're a better person than me. We have all gone away. We've all walked away. But you need to know this. No matter how far you've gone, no matter what you've done, no matter that thing you did when you were a teenager, no matter that thought you have, that, that, that habit you have that nobody knows about, maybe not even your spouse, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter how far you've run, you cannot outrun the love of God. There's no place you can run where God's love can't find you. Where you're beyond reach. Where he said, well, I could have brought him back, but he, just, he, he crossed that line. There is no line. There is no line. God sees you. God loves you. If you're not dead, you're not done. Look what he does. Look what he does. It says, this is the Father now. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. You need to understand this. People in this time, men did not run. Running was for children. It was undignified. It wasn't cool. He's running. This father is willing to go all the way, to throw his, his pride aside, to run, to bring home this son. I'm going to read it again because this is important. The father, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. God loves God, sorry, God runs toward pain, not away from it. True love runs toward pain, not away from it. A lot of you feel like God doesn't want you. He wants to ignore you or keep you out or you're embarrassing him. No, no, no. This is what you need to know. God runs toward pain, not a, away from it. That day I was telling you about in college, April 16, 2007, that day. A lot happened that day, but I had, I had two friends in my dorm. One was on the fourth floor, one was on the second floor, and I'll leave out their names, but every Monday morning, every Monday morning, this one not not, not excluded, they met together at the dorm, and they walked down the steps, and they walked all the way across campus to this classroom building, and they walked up the steps, and they walked down the hall, and she went left to, I believe, a French class, and he went right to, I believe, an engineering class. And this day was no different. They met up together and they walked across campus and they walked all the way across campus and up the steps in the building and down the hall and she went left and he went right. Now it just so happened this day that the shooter followed the same path. He walked past our dorm where I was sitting taking an exam on the first floor. He walked past the dorm, he walked across campus, he walked into the building, he went up the steps, he went down the hall, but he went left. So my friend who was in the classroom on the left, she was killed. And my friend on the right, they could hear the screams, and they could hear the, the crying, they could hear the, the gunshots. They knew what was up. The professor, who was old, very, very elderly, engineering professor, he did something. He did something. He ordered all the students out the window. My friend left his cell phone, his keys, wallet, his bag, everything, as they were all diving and jumping and clambering out the window, running for their lives. But what the professor did is what I'm interested in. He ran and blocked the door with his body. Because you need to know, true love runs toward pain, not away from it. Now, I don't know if he could have made, made it out the window. I don't know that. There's no way of telling. It. But I know for a fact he sacrificed himself. And as a result, my friends alive. He hurt his ankle a bit, but he made it. That's what God does for us. He runs toward pain, not away from him. God did it with this child in the story. He wants to do it with you. I'm going to read it again. The father, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Christmas is the kiss. Christmas is the kiss. It's God throwing his arms around humanity, embracing us. This is the embrace between heaven and earth the juxtaposition between darkness and light, the intersection of your past and God's glorious future. That's what God wants to do. He doesn't want to yell at you. He doesn't want to chew you out. He doesn't want to say shame on you. He wants to embrace you and hug you and hold you tight and welcome you. Home. Now look at the son's reaction because the child's a little caught off guard as you probably would be too. Verse 21, the son said to him, he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I've messed up. I blew the inheritance. I embarrassed the family. I ran around. I I, I messed up. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You need to know this about God. He welcomes the lost. He welcomes the lost. This is is a church. And some of y'all didn't want to come to church or maybe someone bribed you to come to church or dragged you or guilted you into it. Or they said, this can be my present if you just come with me. But you need to know church, in its true form, is not a country club for the holy. It's a hospital for the sick. So if you're at a place you're like, I don't know if I fit in here, that is the only qualification for you to be welcomed here. For you to say, you know what, I'm not a perfect person. If that's your thought, you're welcome here. right? If you think you're perfect, you got it all going on, then there's nothing wrong with you, you're not going to fit in here very well. But I want you to know he welcomes the lost. He welcomes the lost. I told you next week we have off. But I just want you to keep an open mind and maybe pursue something new in the new year. Maybe you're looking for a church. Or maybe you thought that was never something you'd be interested in. I want to challenge you to come back. We're starting a series called 2020 Me. Essentially, who's God calling me to be in this new decade? We're going to look at four declarations to really define our year and our decade on. And I challenge you to come back to bring some friends and to learn what I mean when I say that God welcomes the lost. We're all welcome. Verse 22. But the father said to his servants, he said, quick, somebody say quick. You see the urgency, he says, quick, don't delay, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. The father doesn't even let this guy finish, doesn't even let him explain himself. You need to know, God does this, he restores the broken. This guy is half naked, he's clothing him. He has shame, he's given him his, his, his confidence back. He feels like an outsider. He's he's welcoming back in the family. He restores the broken. Notice this, the son did nothing to earn it. A lot of you feel like, well, let me earn it back a little bit. Let me do this and that, and then God will welcome me or love me. No, 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 God doesn't even give him a chance. God bestows the love on him, the identity, the value. This is not something the child has to earn. It's a gift of sheer grace. Verse 23. He says, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I'm sorry, vegans. But God said, we're having steak tonight. Where are my carnivores at? Where's the people who want some red meat right now? That's what God said. Don't look at me, vegans. Don't come at me. Don't be mad at me. Don't leave us a bad review on Google. Don't do none of that. I'm just doing what the Bible says. God said, we're having steak tonight. We're eating good. We're having a party. God did not say, okay, you can come back, but you, you need to prove your worth first. God said, uh-uh. He said, quick. We need to do this now. We need to celebrate. That's why at this church we're joyful. That's why we're singing. That's why we're celebrating because if God's done that for you, you got to celebrate. You got to do a party. And when God, when someone else comes back in the flock, welcomed home, all that good stuff, then everybody celebrates. God does this, He breathes life into the hopeless. Some of y'all feel like your faith is hopeless, or you feel like you're hopeless. You feel like you've gone too far. God doesn't want you, doesn't want anything to do with you. Maybe something in your life is hopeless. Maybe you know God, maybe you love God, but you're like, I've given up hope on my children or on my marriage or my health or my career path. Maybe there's something God called you to do and you've been delaying it so long you've given up hope on it. Our God is a God of hope. That's what Christmas means. Our God is a God of hope. If you write something down tonight, if you're taking notes, some of you guys do that. Some of you love to. Here's the three words I want you to write. This is what Christmas is. Heaven came down. Heaven came down. See, a lot of us think of heaven like, I'm going to be real good, and I'm going to get my wings, and I'm going to fly up to heaven, I'm going to earn it, I'm going to have this cool robe and a halo. Like, that's, that, that's not really... Some of those things are referenced in Scripture, but really, when Scripture talks about heaven, this is kind of how it says. It's not that we go up to heaven. It's that heaven comes down. That's what Jesus is. He's God coming down. He's heaven coming down to rescue us, to renew us, to restore us, and to bring us home. That's Christmas. That's why we're celebrating. That's why we're having a good time. This is what Christmas is. Heaven coming down. Heaven coming, running. And there's this embrace. There's this hug. And this is what scripture says it's going to be like on that day. It says he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Picture this, you in in your brokenness and your isolation, God running to you, holding you, embracing you, and wiping every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or even pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne, that's God, said this I am making everything new. He wants to make your hope new. He wants to make your faith new. He wants to make your relationships new, your marriage new. He wants to make your finances new, your health new. He is a God who desires to make everything new. Christmas is this it's your Heavenly Father coming to you in your brokenness, in your confusion in your isolation, in your darkness, running to you, getting down on one knee, embracing you, taking your tears, taking your pain, taking your past onto himself and in return, giving you hope. That's the picture we see of God. He's a God who comes running. He's a God who takes our tears and restores us. He gives us hope. Christmas means we can have hope. And y'all, it's not enough. It's not going to change your life. It's not going to change a thing. If you just hear this and you're like, this is a cute story. It's going to warm me up till about after dinner, Katie, and now I'm going to be good. I'm going to be done. And then that's it. I feel good for 20 minutes. Thanks. I checked the box, Hunter. I'm good. Christmas is done. I had my sentimental moment. No, 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 no. It's not enough to just believe this. Jason, you got to personalize it. you got to personalize it. We have to see how God wants to bring us hope. You hope. You hope on this Christmas. Now, I don't know all the details of your story. I don't. But I know that God is not done with you yet. I know there's more to your story. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like to learn more about who we are, visit our website, AscentChurch.net. We hope you can join us for a Sunday soon.